Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, or as we like to call it here at Climb in the Pocket, Monday morning with Matt and Miles following a week three loss to the Chargers, 28-24. Um, man, I don't I don't even know where to start, Miles. I we just talked about it pre-show, but I wanted to record this almost last night because I was just so upset at mm-hmm. just sort of how the end of the game went. And, and that's what our in... post game shows for too, right? Like Flip yeah. and, and Jason, those guys can kind of like get it, get get those takes off because it's that I like immediate reaction. Out, really. You should have, yeah. <laughs> but instead, I just cracked a beer and <laughs> scrolled Twitter. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it just what frustrates me the most is not so much how people played in that game. I mean, obviously, stats wise, when you look across the board, the offense looks great, right? I mean, Justin Jefferson. Seven receptions, 149 yards. Kirk Cousins, you know, he obviously went 32 of 50 for 367, three touchdowns. Um, And the running game looked like it had a little bit of, you know, momentum to it. Alexander Madison getting 90 yards on or 93 yards on 20 carries. But what makes me upset is all offseason, we were told that Kirk Cousins is more comfortable in Kevin O'Connell's system and that they can really build off of everything they know from last year in the last 45 seconds of that game was anything but that Kirk Cousins looked confused he looked like a rookie out there and shame on Kevin O'Connell too like you you practice so many scenarios for a team they do two minute drills they do I mean they do it all in these practices how can you not be prepared in that moment like it's just it's it's inexcusable and here we let's are get, again. Let's get into it because, like, we heard after the game, Kirk, not not blaming the fans, but essentially putting some onus on on their on their lack of situational awareness on the fans. Yeah, and that it's that in itself is a bother to me. It's not like fan. It's not the fans' job to get you lined up to get you a play called, like, or to be quiet after you make a big play. Like that TJ. Like I saw some people on the timeline saying, like. Oh, fans just need to be quiet. TJ Hawkins has just made a first down on, I think that was on the fourth down play. Yeah, they're going to be hyped. A, yeah, he catches a first down. It's first and it's first and goal at like the six yard line. Like fans are just supposed to just like sit in their seats and be quiet. Like yeah. I don't like I don't I don't like putting any onus on the fans in that situation because what bothers me is that in those situations, because you know that there's no time left in the clock, you have no timeouts, you have to score a touchdown. Um those types of scenarios, what bother me the most is, and I know it, it, it's it's based on situation, but you should have more than one play in the playbook so that mm-hmm. you don't have to like Kirk doesn't need shouldn't have shouldn't have to need O'Connell to call the play for him in that situation if they're not going to spike it. Like I, I tweeted this out yesterday, I had no issue with not spiking the ball if you had had a play in the ready to go to get lined up quickly. Like yeah, I know. So from my from my past, like there's times in your in uh two minute drill we called it or, you know, a fast pace, sometimes you'd call two plays in the huddle. And that first play is the first play that's being run. That second play is basically like the next play that's coming. If you get inbounds, uh, you can't stop the clock, those types of things, because you need to hurry up and get to the line. And you don't have enough time to, like, start making checks and doing all this. You just got to get to the line and go. So sometimes our coaches would say, that second play is going to be the play that happens if this happens. And that's what felt like to me should have been a scenario. Like, that second play should have been – already with the players so they knew line up get set and if Kirk needs to check a couple things at the line fine 
but like everybody needs to be on the ball and ready to go and know what their responsibility is at the like right the second TJ Hawkinson hits the ground, catches the ball and like gets up and hands the ball to the ref. Like that that needs to be if you're not spiking the ball. And so like what bothers me there is the second Kirk went to his headset and it was like listening and like didn't know what the hell's going on. It should have just been spike it and reset. Because yep. at, at that point, you need to you need to slow everything down, get back on the same page. And the I think the crowd would have calmed down. The the crowd would have calmed down and, and quieted like all these things. Like that's where I just needed like I don't I'm not putting the blame on Kirk. It's more of just like, dude, you've been in this situation. Like you have that resp- you have the uh the ownership of the offense. Just take it and and O'Connell was not gonna kill Kirk Cousins for like spiking the ball there. Like, right? Like he would have right, he would have right. under he would have understood. Oh, out of I feel like out of any coach we've ever seen in Minnesota, Kevin O'Connell might at least outwardly be the most like understanding coach I think I've ever heard. Like <laughs> he would have been like, Oh, I like I wanted him to run a play here, but the crowd noise, he couldn't hear me. Like he spiked it. I'm proud of him for that. Like that's something like O'Connell would have said in that situation, I feel like, if that had happened. You know what's interesting? I don't know. Did you watch the O'Connell presser afterwards? A little bit. I didn't. I I was probably just too upset to watch. And I I, I sorry. I don't feel the greatest. So I've I've made the Vikings are probably doing this to me. But I I like took a quick like power nap after the game. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, it was interesting just kind of hearing O'Connell's presser and then Kirk. So obviously someone asked Kirk, "Do you have the authority to like just go up and spike the ball, whatever?" And he says, "Yes, I do." Um. But he's like, and I've done things like that before, but there's consequences. And there's that like risk averse um <laughs> like mentality that we just what don't are the consequences, need in Kirk? What are the, you are you gonna he's gonna make you run after after the game? Like what what yeah, is the coach gonna do to you? I don't know. But it was interesting to also hear Kevin O'Connell speak about the whole fine? situation because I can tell he's caught like in that like weird balance of like, mm-hmm. I can't throw my quarterback under the bus, mm-hmm. but I know damn well Kirk fucked up there. Uh, yep. He should have spiked the ball. We would have had three plays at the end zone from the five and probably, probably win that game. If you, if you clock that ball, I, I, I trust Kevin O'Connell's play calling in the red zone enough that I, I'm confident that they win that game. So it it's just interesting. And, I know he. I knew this was going to happen at some point in Kevin O'Connell's career here when we lost a bunch of games where he was going to yep. bring back the Rams. Well, we lost. You know, we didn't win a game in the month of November. We went on to win the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Right now, this team doesn't <laughs> look like that. And no. um, you know, the defense. Let's switch to the defense side quick. They blitzed 82 percent of the dropbacks yesterday. Keenan Allen looked like he was in his prime. Justin hey. Herbert. <laughs> Keenan Allen's my guy, you know. I can't. I know, but eight <laughs> he went off. receptions breaks yeah. the franchise record for the Chargers, two hundred and fifteen yards, which is his career record. He and then he off. threw it a was... damn touchdown. Yeah. And Justin Herbert, meanwhile, only missed on seven passes, and he was throwing eight point six yards per attempt yesterday. It's just this defense, and Jason alluded to this on on Twitter this morning. They just they don't have the the players. Mm-mm. They no. and and so what they're doing is they're just like we're gonna we're literally they're pulling a, a, a piece of the playbook out of remember the Titans they're just gonna blitz all night and you either they're they're just gonna live and die by it yep and I thought we saw some great plays from uh, a Caleb Evans yesterday Ivan Pay like they all have like these splash plays but there's no consistency across the board and I'm just like when when you think about the whole season coming up here 
just having a hard time trying to figure out what like what is this team? What is this team right yeah. now? Right. Is it is it poorly coached? Is it like poorly executed? I, I just don't know what to think. I mean, I think it's a combination of everything. And that's why, like, you can't just put the onus on just the defense or just the offense or just the offensive line or just Ed Ingram. Like, as you like it, like, it can't just be about like one player, one, like one scenario. Like, it's a cultivation of everything, culmination of everything, excuse me. And uh, like, let, let's, let's talk about like Byron Murphy looked pretty good yesterday, but they still gave up 18 catches for 215 yards to Keenan Allen. Mike Williams had a big touch. Like, Big play made some big plays before he got hurt. Josh Palmer yeah. made you know a couple big plays. Like uh, Jared uh, Gerald Everett looked pretty solid too. Like you might have a few guys that make good plays here and there, but like as a as like a as a defense as a whole, uh, like we like Jason mentioned, like you mentioned, the the personnel just is not there, especially up front. Like I I'll, I'll continue just to say that that up front that front four front five, you know, based on the space defense, like they just don't have like you have Daniel Hunter and then you have guys. Yep. It is Daniil Hunter, and then it is a bunch of replacement-level type players. Like, I think Harrison Phillips is a good player. I don't think Harrison Phillips is some sort of, like, you can't replace that guy with any, like, and, that, and that's no offense to him. But, like, it just in general, like, you don't really have the the guy. That's why Brian Flores has to blitz as often yeah. as he does to create any pr- sort of pressure. He's not getting, unless Daniil Hunter is getting one-on-one matchups or, like, finding ways to get to the quarterback, he's not, you're, the, that, the defense is not creating pressure without blitzing. It's just a fact. Mike Zimmer had to deal with this in 2020 and 2021. And like Brian Flores is just because that's the, they're the same type of like coordinator, in my opinion. Like they love to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. They love to get their guy like, but in an ideal world, they wouldn't have to blitz as much as they do because they're down, yeah. they're down their front seven or the front four, front five would be the ones garnering that pressure. Like we saw in the heydays of the Vikings with Mike Zimmer, that front four was gaining, was gaining, getting all the pressure they needed so that they could drop you know, the rest, you know, five, six, seven guys if they had to. And so um, that's the hard part is they just don't have those guys to get that pressure um, on the defensive side. And um, and then you flip it to the offense. We talked about this pre-show. My issue is it's not that the offense hasn't come out and shown that they can be explosive, that they can make big plays. Like we saw Jordan Addison had some, like had a drive to himself essentially where he was getting a lot of opportunities and looked really good. Justin Jefferson did Justin Jefferson things. KJ Osborne had an impact. TJ Hawkinson, but it always feels like the offense doesn't get rolling until they have to. Yeah, they don't get into a rhythm until they're like, oh shit, we're down two scores or we're down fourteen to seven, twenty-one to ten. Like any of these types of scenarios, it doesn't feel like the sense of urgency doesn't come until it's until they're already like ne- until it's needed. Like that type of stuff's really has been really bugged me this year. We saw some of it last year, but they they pulled out the games last year. This year they're not pulling the games out, so the impact um, has a little bit more onus to it, and so that bothers me a lot. Is that like the offense to get into a rhythm? They have to like get into like their urgency two minute type like fast paced offense just to get things moving, um, and then they start to settle down. I don't like that. Like start that. It's like get into that early. Like I know you can't always dictate everything, but I just don't like the sense of urgency doesn't come until it's needed. That's just so- that's really bugged me. And I want to ask you a question on that. So is that more is that do you think do you think that's more Kevin O'Connell and his play calling? Or do you think that's really just offensive execution that's just failing to kind of get in that rhythm? Um, well, because I do I do feel yeah. like there were some layup plays to kind of I mean, it's it's weird that we have such like all these veterans kind of on offense with Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins, Je- Jefferson, whatever. 
and it almost feels like we're we're spoon feeding them like we did ponder back in the day like yeah all right here we go let's try and build some momentum here on offense um, and we yeah. just can't quite get it so i don't know if it's the execution side from the the players or if it's the, the play calling in which if you say it's the play calling i have a second question for you which is <laughs> should kevin o'connell give up play calling no to west phillips I'll, I'll answer that one quickly. I don't think Kevin O'Connell needs to give up anything in terms of play calling, but I think like in that first drive, like obviously they were rolling uh, the TJ Hawkinson fumble. Like that's just kind of like one of those freak plays, but that number 32 for the Chargers was everywhere yesterday, by the way, like that dude was kind of yeah. making plays. He should have had a second fumble fumble on Madison that they didn't call, but we don't need to do that. Um, I think uh, we can get <laughs> Sometimes that you need but... a little luck. Yeah, no, for real. But um, I think the biggest issue, not it's not an issue, but like, the first two drives tend to be scripted. You yeah. tend to script those plays because you know the situation. You know, like, it's your first drive, so you can kind of plan that out. As when the game gets going, you kind of have to adjust based off of how they're playing, how you're playing, all those things. So that changes how you how you call a game. But to start the game, and, and maybe that's something they need, they need to adjust. But to start a game, you, you have these scripts of plays that you kind of follow to a T. And that usually makes it a little bit easier for an offense to kind of get in. You're supposed to be able to get into a rhythm from that. And Mm -hmm. I think the hard part is sometimes if a defense, the defense is trying to do the same thing though. And I think that's the part um, it like, that's why the middle of the game is so important because how teams adjust is like the biggest, is the biggest, biggest aspect. But like most teams going to games, all teams going to games with a plan of like what they're going to start the game with and how they want to play, start the game. Um, And so I think it's just all about how, how you can beat and, and that, to your point, is execution. At the yeah. end of the day, usually those situations, it's executional. And if you can't just execute the play, it's probably because you messed up or did something like individually or, you know, those things. So um, that that would say to answer your question, it's probably more of an executional issue to start the game. Um, but I think Kevin O'Connell does a really good job of adjusting as the mm-hmm. game goes um, because he's not afraid to like get away from the run if he has to or to focus on the run if he has to. Like, he's not afraid to like, to like get into a rhythm in, in certain areas, but um, you'd like to just see some of those those scripted plays. Maybe have a little bit of a sense of urgency. Get it, like just kind of get guys the blood flowing a little bit. Because if you kind of get into a huddle, you're just like kind of playing a little slow. You yeah. Know, you want to pick. You want to pick the energy up a little bit. Like on defense, you can do that because if you make a big play on first down, your energy levels up, go up, get up a little bit. You know, you start get hyped. Those types of scenarios on offense, unless you get a big play, you're kind of in this like. Do, 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 do. like you're kind of yeah. just like plodding along until you get that big player get a play that like gets a, the juice going yeah um whereas defense you kind of like can create that juice in a different way and so i think i think maybe they just need to pick up that tempo a little bit to start the game just to help get that that blood flowing yeah we talked about it in our, our game day chat i was just like kirk just needs like a big completion to kind of get that that mojo right. and then sure shit he hit that that dot to kj osborne who, who took it yeah. to the house after that but um there was something else I was going to bring up here um, when it comes to the offense, and it's just their third down efficiency. So yesterday, as a team, four of fourteen. I feel like this team is constantly putting themselves in in second and long, third and long, and it just makes it just really difficult. In fact, what I'm going to do, make myself a note here. I want to look what their their average like third down was last year compared to this year because I just feel like. Last year, they were converting more frequently on third downs and keeping drives alive. I feel like we're just not doing that this year. And it's it's just really frustrating to sort of watch because you have a third and nine play and the defense knows what's coming. 
and they know the weak part the weak part of the offensive line is the interior so they just bull rush up the middle do a stunt which we can't pick up and Kirk can't step up in the pocket and then you know it's history so or he's getting pressured and he's getting hit while the ball is thrown out because there was another play in the red zone where Kirk had Madison wide open would have been an easy walk-in touchdown and he just he just he just doesn't have the time to throw um, the ball either so it's just I'm just trying to I'm trying to figure out how this team can compete and I know fans want us Dalton Reisner, get him in here. We go. We got Cam Akers. I'm now. I'm seeing Akeem Hicks steam. Oh, let's get him in here. <laughs> I don't think that's going to change anything. When you're, but when yeah. you're relying on free agents who are still unsigned, by the way, mm-hmm. through two weeks of the NFL, you screwed up long before then. These players aren't going to come in at this point in the game and make that big of an impact. They might help out, sure. Reisner. Mm-hmm. It is probably better than Ingram at this point. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say Cam Akers is better than Madison. And Ty Chandler looked good yesterday. Mm-hmm. I just think the way this roster is constructed, we're just sort of stuck with what we have, and we're going to have to figure out how to compete. I think this offense can go up against any team in the league. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if the defense can hold teams like the Chargers or uh, the Chiefs, the 49ers. Well, you, you real quick, you talk about the offense can go up against anybody. The, the passing offense can, 100%. Yes, but yes. the passing offense in certain situations, because if you're in obvious passing situations, most defenses can pin their ears back because they can get to the quarterback because of that yep. interior pressure. They allow that interior pressure so frequently. Um, so, like, those are some of the scenarios where you hope a Dalton Reisner can help, help just – a few plays here and there, like that, those few plays can have a huge difference. But to your point, I, I, I'm in 100% agreement, like relying on street free agents or like guys that are basically cast offs from their team to like be the to be the turnaround of like why you start winning football games. Like those guys should have an impact. Sure. But like that impact was needed <laughs> three, four weeks ago. Like, yeah, you can't you can't go rewind and, and start the season over. Like, that's just not how it works. Um, yeah. And the one thing that they're doing, they're competing in every game. So it's not they can, like this team can play with anybody. But the issue is they don't have and I, I hate I hate repeating myself multiple times like week over week. But like <laughs> it's the margins for error. They don't have any like and I, we know that crazy, crazy essentially went into this offseason was like we need to reset our books. So that means guys, some of the veterans need to go. Some of the like some of the guys are not going to get the extensions they might want. We're not going to go give a huge like multi-year free agent like deals to guys like we just don't have it like we don't yeah we want to reset our books because the books were so like in such a bad place when Kwesi took over um and he didn't get a chance to do it last year and so that means in some of those areas you're gonna be you're gonna have a jonathan bullard who's a vet minimum free agent you're gonna have i know kyrus tonga didn't play mark sanchez like, loved jonathan bullard yesterday on the broadcast yeah, by the way and he had some good plays but like <laughs> right but like it's those things like and i know kyrus tonga didn't play yesterday but like those guys Going into the season, people are like, oh, these guys are going to, like, take that next step. It's like, to what? <laughs> like, <laughs> that, like, that's the hard part is, like, I know as fans, it's really easy to get hyped for, for certain things of certain guys. But, like, at the end of the day, guys are what they're going to be long, over the long term. Like, you might get some splash plays here and there. But yeah. some of these guys are just literally replacement level players. And, like, they don't have the resources to replace those guys right now. They didn't. And so they said, this is kind of where we are. And we hope some of the areas like coaching can help us and like coaching, but coaching can only take you so far. Yeah. And I think um, people expected Brian Flores to come literally make uh, like 
magic magic out of nowhere like hey yeah go ahead unless unless he uh i'm ranting at this point you're fine you're fine we got wednesday potentially if you're feeling good for it too but um brian flores at this at this rate will be our defensive coordinator next year i don't think he's gonna get if he doesn't (laughs) don't think he's gonna get poached there's one thing i wanted to bring up here uh before we hop off um it's funny how last year we were like so lucky in everything and it just feels like it's it's not even like a regression to the average it's somehow swung in the complete opposite direction when you think of like the the bouncing off of a caleb evans hands in for a touchdown but Kevin Cole on uh, on Twitter, who used to be a data scientist for Pro Football Focus, he runs like a adjusted scores thing, and he tweeted out this morning just to put a little, little bit more salt in the wound. So last season the Vikings thirteen and four, but would have been seven and ten in like the adjusted scores. This year zero and three, but should be two and one in the adjusted yeah. with the adjusted scores. Well, it's just and that's the swing. It's painful. like last year. Well, and we'll probably see later in the season the Vikings will win a couple of those games. Like that's. That's usually how, like, last year we were expecting them to lose to some, like, when they, when they like, hit the halfway mark and they were winning these and you're like, it's not sustainable, blah, 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 and they still ended up winning them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I still would expect down, like, toward the end of, like, as the season goes, for them to win a couple of those games, too. Like, just like just like you said, like, they should be 2-1 and one in those, but they're not. They're 0-3. Like, I would expect that regression to hit back to the mean, you know, and the, uh, hit the other way. So, like, that's the hard part is re- you can't re- – but, like, that's the crux of the whole issue with this team the yeah. last handful of years is they're so reliant on they they don't they don't beat teams in the third third quarter they're basically having to try to keep up keep pace in the fourth quarter and mm-hmm. then hope and hope they have the ball last and hope that they get the like they basically are are like are winning the game in the last within the last three minutes of the four minutes of the game and like those types of things that's not it's not a sustainable thing to do like you yeah. can't always be in one score games and then like expect to win all of them like if yeah. you can't put a team away early enough, you're you're always going to be in these types of situations where we're talking. This could have gone this way, that could have gone that way. Like no, like start playing better earlier and put yourself <laughs> in a better situation so that you're not always having to play from behind or having to like the last second drives. Like it's not about Kirk being clutch. Like we've talked about this. Like it's just about needing to be better in those like second, the first and third quarters, so mm-hmm. that your team isn't so reliant on those fourth quarters needing to be. Um, playing from behind and so yeah I that that type of shit just drives me nuts and like yeah. I don't well, we're at a point where I, I kind of just have my hands up like I don't know what else to do but but then we see guys like Justin Herbert and like I know going into the game people are like oh Herbert hasn't done this but blah 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 but like did you see some of those throws that dude made like yeah. that he rolled to his left and came back <laughs> across his body and hit Keenan Allen in the middle of the field with a linebacker literally like maybe like a few feet away from him but he mm-hmm. threaded the needle right to Keenan at like, yeah. And this He's is just this dropping them in the small it's like, zones. Bro, it's like that's the things that like. That's the difference between him and a Kirk Cousins, and that's not me trying. I'm not trying to 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 like shit on Kirk because Kirk's played really well this season. We know what Kirk is. Kirk's a good quarterback, but like it's some of these small things that yeah. like, that's a god. That's a god complex that Justin Herbert's doing. Like that's just like bro, like. Like as a defense, you're like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> like we all played our coverage, we did what we were supposed to do, but he's throwing dots across the field when he's not supposed to. And, like, and I, I'll preface those won't always work out, but I, oh, I would 100%. rather you take those plays than 
the alternative, which is well, but it, it's taking also a sack like, or having the it's like you have the ability, like he has the confidence to do it because he has the ability to do it. Like mm-hmm. Kirk knows he can't do that, and that that's yeah. okay. I'm not I'm not like oh man, Kirk. If Kirk can't do that, well, like, you need a new quarterback because that's not what it is. It's just like that that sometimes separates the elite from the, like the really good, the above average. The you know like like you can hit. Like, that's why people talk about Justin Herbert as like being a top five. I don't think he's a top five quarterback, but like yesterday he damn sure looked like one (laughs) like and those are the things like that's why people talk about him like that because that dude can just he can do that yeah and um we could talk about their their fourth down decision we could talk about i know you got to jump here but like we could talk about their like we could do all those things but like at the end of the day like real quick i want to talk about that though real quick that like fourth fourth down decision by staley yeah it was the uh you're up four you're not up three you're up four and if you get that first down on, on, on fourth and one, the game's over. The mm-hmm. Vikings don't have any timeouts. They still have to score a touchdown. So if I liked, I liked that call from Staley. If Kevin O'Connell was in that same situation, I would want him to make that same call because it's like I want to close this game, game out. Put the game away with my offense. If yep. we score, if, or if we get that first down, it's over. Now the play call, that was trash. Just let 6'6-240 Justin Herbert fall forward <laughs> and get the first down. But like, you know, they didn't. But like those types of things, like I like. I like that gutsiness from a co- yeah. from a coach. So I'll give him props for that, even though it didn't work out. But like they ended up winning the game because we still didn't. We needed a touchdown, and it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, we'll we'll probably have a lot more probably to still talk about on Wednesday yeah. as we as we dive into it a little bit more. Key into what is a must win game versus the Panthers. So <laughs> been a must win uh, game. <laughs> this it's wild. This man. was a must win. This was a must win game. It was <laughs> must win at this point. So oh my goodness. Oh, man. Well, like I said, we'll be back on Wednesday, 7 o'clock live on our YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. I forgot to give the shout out to all the sponsors. So Lake Monster Brewing, Eastside Jiu-Jitsu, that badass wood art. Uh, remember to use promo code CT Pocket for 20% off any one item at that's badass wood art. And uh, yeah, go give our guy Vikes Insider a follow on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, pushing out great coverage. I'm sure he'll have the PFF grades here early Monday morning. Um, so you guys can go check that out as well. So miles, thank you again for hopping on. I'm sure we'll be texting and and DMing our frustrations throughout the week here, but uh, I hope you feel better. And until next time, Skull Vikings.